Welcome to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiva, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of influence with you. Every day, your gifted episodes, see what I did there, to help you become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best kept industry secrets to creating an online presence worth remembering. It's really like having a momager on speed dial. So let's dive into it. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. What is the difference between your niche and your category? You probably hear a lot about niches, right, from uh, social media and other experts and gurus saying that you either need a niche down or I am my niche or lifestyle is my niche, fashion is my niche, I don't need a niche down, whatever. Whatever it is that you're getting about niches, how many times has someone actually defined niche for you? Like how many times have you had to pull out Google and be like, so what the fuck is a niche? (laughs) Right? So Because I firmly believe, and you already know this if you listen to this podcast, if this is your first episode, hi, how are you? Welcome. So excited that you're here. Um, If you've listened to this podcast for a while, if you follow me on TikTok, you know that for me, branding people and branding brands is the same exact process because I have an advertising background, brand strategy background, creative direction. Um, And so I firmly, firmly believe that there is a difference between a niche and a category simply because that is the way it works for other more traditional brands. Um, and so let's get into what is the difference between your niche and your category so that you can set yourself up for success um, and enter into other business ventures that make sense for you and or genuinely fill a void in the market. Um, and more importantly, that you're able to serve a specific consumer, whether that be your audience with your personal brand or additional target audiences and ideal uh, client avatars through your other ventures that may not necessarily be catering to the same audience that you have for your personal brand. So niches versus categories. I'm going to use a brand example because like I said, branding brands and branding people are the same thing. Like anybody who works in advertising and marketing is a very trusted source on this category. Um, I don't, I think there's a lot of information about personal branding, um, but there's not a lot of like concrete information about what it actually is, how it can benefit you to have a personal brand, which is why this podcast exists, which is why my TikTok exists, which is why apparently I exist. (laughs) So, um, to use a brand example, right? So let's say Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola was invented in 1886 by John Pemberton in Atlanta, Georgia. Hello. Um, And Coca-Cola initially started out, although it is now a soft drink conglomerate or beverage rather conglomerate because they own other things besides soft drinks. It initially started with Coke, their signature product, their hero product, so to say, right? So Coke was invented on accident in 1886, actually has a really cool story to it, so you should definitely check it out. Um, Initially as a medicinal product, you know, Coca-Cola, it actually did have at one point cocaine in it, um, uh, and it was made for medicinal use until there was an accidental situation where John S. Pemberton's assistant actually mixed in, I believe it was carbonated water, into the beverage on accident and some sort of other additives that then created now the the secret coke formula that they've essentially kept um private since since the accidental invention of the product so 
I love how I was like, you should totally Google the story. And then I was like, oh, here you go. <laughs> um, so Coke is a soft drink, right? That is the category. Coke is a soft drink, correct? But there is a specific niche that Coke has versus other soft drinks. And that can be the taste that it has. That can be everything about, you know, the... um. Well, specifically now, it's catered as this like magic in a bottle, magic in a can. It's this very joyous feeling. People realize that um, Coke is being gravitated to because it brings people together. You know, why do you buy Coke? You buy Coke for uh, gatherings, right? Or pre-games, tailgates, um, other kinds of parties. It's something that you go to the grocery store, supermarket, and you grab and for other people. Like, yeah, you probably drink Coke maybe by yourself or, but probably not as often as you do with other people, whether you're at a restaurant or other kinds of gatherings, right? So it's something that it's a beverage that brings people together. And it has a very, very unique taste that it's that it obviously is very hard to replicate, right? Um, so Coke's specific niche would be like joy in a bottle, right? It's the, or joy in a can. It's the um, thing that it's kind of like, there's something nostalgic about it. It's very emotional to some people. They grew up drinking it, whether it's because their grandparents grew up drinking it and then other family and whatever. It brings people together. That is their niche. So essentially, Coke is the product, is the, the, um, the soft drink that brings people together. And you'll see that replicated in all of their ads, right? Across the years, it's pretty much the same concept, just different creative direction. Um, and so you'll constantly see Coke being shared, right? Between couples, between friends, between relatives, always. If you go look at a Coke commercial, you can actually look it up right now on YouTube as you're listening to this, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about, right? So that is the niche, a drink that's made to be shared, you know, something that brings joy to people, has a feeling of nostalgia. It, it, it's something that, that brings happiness to people in varying different ways. Um, and so that was taken from an insight from, um, you know, any research that they did and, and human insights that they took from their creative strategy team and, and whatnot, right? So that's essentially the niche. The category is the fact that they are a soft drink, specifically, right? So it's the same thing for a person of influence. Let's use a fashion influencer, for example. If I just say, oh, I'm a fashion influencer, that doesn't tell me anything about or tell you anything about who I am, what specific value I give you. It just tells you that I'm a fashion influencer. And half of you are going to fall off because you're going to be like, oh, I don't really care about fashion to begin with, right? But if I were to say, let's say I am a mid-size um, fashion woman or w- woman for mid-size fashion inspiration size 8 through 12 let's say right then the people that are going to be like oh I'm not interested in fashion but I need to know how to dress for my body right maybe I'm not interested in like the artistic editorial side of fashion but I want something more practical I want something um, that can fit my mid-size body type as well they're going to keep listening so the niche is specific. It isn't even like, it's not really even about you, right? Like with Coke, it's the beverage that brings happiness to other people. In what, in what, what part of that sentence is there anything about Coke the company? No, because that would be a snooze, right? So the same thing with lifestyle. Like if you're like, oh, I'm a lifestyle influencer, it's just me and my life 
boring because what is in it for me? That's how other people are thinking. And imagine if if Coke were to be like, oh, we're just like, you know, a lifestyle company and we just, you know, sell a lifestyle. Okay, but what kind of lifestyle? What kind of person is it for? What is that person getting out of buying into that lifestyle, you know? So it's the same thing with influencers and people of influence. And that's ultimately what allows them to then extend into, you know, other verticals like homeware and and fashion and 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 beauty products, private equity, venture capital, tech, you know, that's where they go and they're like, oh, okay, well, because I'm serving people in this very specific way, it makes sense for me to then extend into other things. So for somebody, let's say, who niched down to be a midsize fashion influencer for sizes 8 through 12, let's say, right? Um, then that person could either create a collection on their own, you know, found their own brand or specifically for those sizes, right? And maybe um, at some point extend because inclusivity is always great, not only in fashion and not only for the purpose of inclusivity, but also because it you reach more people. So you're able to, to sell more product. Let's be realistic, right? So a person could create a, a fashion brand. They could create a collection with a brand they already love. Like, let's say they love Abercrombie. They could, you know, create an edit or a collection of specific denim washes or specific dresses or whatever. Maybe they noticed fills a void for the midsize fashion girlies. Um, maybe they could, you know, offer some styling consultations. Maybe they could work with a store and create a styling event. So, like, there's so many different things that they can do um, to then, you know, find touch points with brands and businesses or even their own ventures to create a product or service that caters to their audience based on the thing that they're known for. Um, so this is why, you know, when people are like, oh, 99% of creators on the internet, 99% of people who want to be influencers, like, won't become influencers. It's because not only does it have to do with passion and dedication, which is very important, right? But it also has to be, has you have to understand that you were operating exactly like a brand or business. If Amazon were just to be like, oh yeah, like, I don't know, we like sell, I guess we're just like a, a company, you know, we're like a lifestyle company. How many people would be, do you think they would be a multi-billion dollar company at this point? No. <laughs> no, they wouldn't be because they're, it's not clear what they're selling, right? Now it's they're selling, you know, even though they started with books, um, they're now selling convenience of all types of different products and getting it delivered to your door and, and also logistics and servicing businesses and all of that kind of stuff. And um, so that's why, you know, it's very important to have a niche. And a niche is, is the thing that is so specific that it's a little scary how specific it is, you know, but you're servicing a specific type of person. Um, and usually, like I said before in, in other episodes, it does have to do with your passions and expertise and interests. It has to be authentic to the things that you know and are familiar with, but it has to serve people. That is the core of influence. It's impacting other people. It's not just about showing up and showing your life. That's wonderful and that's amazing, but it doesn't allow for you or anybody else working with you or like let's say if you want an agent or a manager or a, you know work with somebody like me it doesn't allow me to see uh, okay so 
you know, how can I then advise this person to uh, enter other ventures? Because I don't know what the whole point of your influence even is besides you and your life and, and, and snippets of everything about you. So when people say 99% of creators out there, 99% of influencers out there are not going to make it, um, I hope that they do because uh, it's it's one small change it's it's rewiring your brain and understanding when i show up i show up for other people i'm not showing up for myself and you can look at the stories of any well-known businesses whether it be coca-cola or amazon netflix it wasn't about the founder it was I want to make, in the case of Amazon, I want to make these resources convenient for other people to receive. Or um, Coca-Cola, you know, like I want to create at first a medicinal product that helps people and then, you know, by accident discover something that actually tastes really good um, and brings happiness to other people. In Netflix, it's like, you know, I want to bring the movie theater to someone's couch, right? So it's not about the company. It's not about their founder. It's not about what they wanted um, or their life. It was about who can we service with this really cool idea that we have um, and how can we bridge a gap or fill a void in other people's lives to create, you know, a, a relationship with them. So think of your influence as the same thing. Um, you are operating like any other business. And when people say that, this is hopefully... <laughs> What they, when I say that, this is what I mean. You are operating like any other brand, any other business, um, taking into account who it is that you are, you are providing value to and who would find you valuable to, to not just get brand deals and get those people to, to follow the brand that you're working with or buy from the brand that you're working with. But eventually, these people will invest in your brand, in your company, in your product and services. That's, that's how you scale, right? Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, please leave a review, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you follow me on TikTok at Kate Mob for more creative secrets from the internet's momager. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted.